Welcome to Near Week Audio, a collection of podcasts and Twitter spaces produced and curated by Near Week, the number one news and community platform for the Near Protocol and the Aurora ecosystem. At nearweek.com slash podcasts, you can find every interesting audio piece from the community in one place. We curate content on topics such as DeFi, NFTs, gaming, DAOs, community hangouts, and more. Basically, we got you covered near fam. And without further ado, let's dig in. Hello, everyone. Great to see so many faces. Hello, everyone. Hello, James. Hello. Can you hear me? Hi. All right. Peter, I think you're on mute now. Uh, am I still on mute? Hello, hello. Um, Can you hear me? We're just waiting for our host to come, and then we'll start the space. Hello, Sorry hello. for the delay, guys. James, can you hear me? One, two, three. One, two, three. I can, I can hear you, yes. Ah, oh, great. Sorry, I had some technical issues getting started. So please do let me know if any odd things occur. I'm very happy to have you here today, James. I'm very happy to get to know much more about VX and what you guys are currently building uh, in the ecosystem. So um, I can introduce myself just to start the show off. My name is Peter. I am the founder of Nearweek, and we do whatever we can to shine a light on the ever-growing Near ecosystem when it comes to update news and shining light on interesting projects that are building on this amazing protocol. Hence, we have come across VX, a new interesting DEX, um, recently arrived in the ecosystem, had a very successful uh, race uh, recently, and are looking to deploy on mainnet in a not very distant future. We could even say that's the near future, right? So, um, <laughs> James, why don't you um, kick it off by giving a brief introduction to yourself and maybe Tell the crowd a little bit about what you've been doing um, prior to joining VX. Um, yeah, get to know you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful to see so many people interested in the near ecosystem and in everything that's coming along for this year. And hopefully we'll make it a big year relative to last year. Uh, so my background, I've spent the last nearly 25 years now in some form of trading or trading systems. I am just old enough to have had a colored jacket on the trading floor. It was a very junior role when I first started uh, and I had cards for access to both the London and Chicago border trade. So real old school trading access at the beginning. I saw that market through all of the evolution into electronic trading across all sorts of financial ecosystems and commodities all around the world, uh, working for some very big, well-known companies and had my hands in as a developer and as a product manager in the matching engines of uh, Veritable Who's Who 
of traditional financial markets exchanges and lots and lots of connections across the liquidity space and across market makers and all of that. Uh, a little bit of a detour into some poker companies on the edge of crypto and a few crypto startups that have, some of them are still going and going well, uh, bring me to here and bring me to a project that I think is a bit more of a passion project, building a project into the DeFi ecosystem and seeing that we can take some of the knowledge, some of these patterns that we know are established, we know what they do to liquidity and bring them into these ecosystems. So to be joined by one of the best teams that I've ever worked with, a delightful group of people who I enjoy spending uh, a lot of time with solving some of these difficult problems in a good way and really building out this new VX product uh, into what I think is going to be a great ecosystem. So that's a little bit of background with me. It's all up on public. You can find me on LinkedIn, look me up and you'll see some some of my background and some of the patents and things I've done in the past. Uh, sounds exciting. I think that was a very good intro and a very good start for this Twitter space. So like just to briefly sum it up, I think that we all agree on that DeFi on Nier is looking more promising than ever than ever, especially with the new order book narrative um, driven forward by proximity. So, you know, given BX is new to the eco, could you give some color on your background and origin story, uh, the reason you chose to build on Nier? So, uh, absolutely. So our origin story was the concepts that we had for the decks were come up with almost slightly independent uh, of the blockchain. So we, we, we had these concepts of how we could improve the decks landscape. And I think over this time, we're going to talk about some of the problems and issues around the DeFi area and where we see the evolution of those. But once we'd sort of got this grasp of the project and what we wanted to do and where we saw value, we started looking across the communities. And what we were looking for was the right fit between you know, a really scientifically literate, capable, uh, good, robust, secure blockchain with all of the right credentials in there for us to be able to assure ourselves that anything that we wanted to do would scale, would be operating very cleanly uh, and would be able to cope from a security perspective, if we started to bring a lot of value and add a lot of money into the ecosystem. And then we also looked at the, the projects that are on there. We, we were looking at the range of projects. We were looking at who was investing in them. We really deliberately tried to pick which ecosystem we wanted to build this DEX into. Uh, and we did some point scoring and we see uh, Nier came out at the top of that. We, we we think it's got a fabulous community. We think the DeFi eco uh, part of that community really could add, take some additional tooling that there was space to bring this in. It wasn't super crowded. Like there are there are now more people, I think, who've had the same impression of us that this community is strong and needs some DeFi tools. There's more coming through now than there were when we started building this. But that that, to us, underscores that we made the right decision that we're looking at the right ecosystem so we see near as one of the the healthiest most uh, welcoming and open ecosystems that we could do this into and the most receptive of these new ideas so that, that all of those things put together that that robust capable blockchain that high energy broad many project ecosystem really that sets us up well to bring in these sorts of core DeFi platforms.
interesting stuff and definitely very much agree. I think we're at a very exciting point uh, for the near ecosystem, uh, especially also looking at all the conversations going on on crypto Twitter uh, about the account abstraction uh, possibilities that near has built natively from the beginning, allowing for endless possibilities um, when building in this ecosystem. So James, we've seen DEXs, especially on near and Aurora, uh, slow down with the bear market as most people shy away from leverage during these conditions. Where do you see the demand for something like uh, VX coming from? So th- I think this is this is interesting because demand and liquidity is, is always central to this. Uh, and I see some of the there, capital James? efficiency tools. Sorry, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hang on, I'm still yeah, back. Sorry, I think maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. my connection. Sorry, James. Fine, fine. That's, that's okay. I, I, I'll, I'll come straight to your question. And so I think the the demand in the ecosystem for better, more capital efficient DEXs to allow the money that's moving around these ecosystems to be more productively spent is very, very clear. But also just from the, the long-term demand side, to see systems that are more capable, that allow people to manage their risk and manage their exposure in a better way, means that this is more enticing for capital to come in. So if I'm a project and I'm building a project and it's got nothing to do with a DeFi space, it's just a great idea now, maybe identity or electronic bikes or whatever it is. And I'm using the near ecosystem to build this. Maybe something like that great project by the guys at Seed Labs. So what I want to see is I want to see continued investment in near. And I want to see that large entities with plenty of capital are feeling confident to deploy this into the near ecosystem. And that means that the financial markets infrastructure within the ecosystem needs to move on, needs to evolve, needs to be capable uh, of allowing people to load and unload risk in sensible ways. And we see that we can do that. We can create that demand by doing this. So as we go around and talk to these different projects in the ecosystem, we talk to them about some of the tooling and some of the plans that we've got. And I'll talk maybe about auctions and things much later in this conversation. There's a real lighting of behind the eyes of these people of, okay, I can see this is not just another DEX. This is not just another platform where someone's going to put a liquidity pool up, copy what they saw on Uniswap V3 and say, well done, guys, get on. These guys have got a plan that they really want to create some innovation and do something that takes this to the next level. And that's, that's where we're seeing the demand. It's for all of these future ideas, not just to be another, another product on the list. Interesting. So I guess that you know that would that would basically be reflecting on the current state of the market, right? That that the idea product market for the, for the product market fit basically comes from a demand that you've seen within the broader crypto ecosystem. And I was also thinking about your experience within TradFi. Like, have you been able to draw upon any of that experience when it comes to at least liquidity provision and the way that VX is doing it? Um, in a decentralized way uh, and improved, obviously. Are there any are there any things you you're, you're bringing with you from that world? So, so much that I'm I'm thinking about that. So a lot a lot of them are baked into the longer term and future plans as we bring the derivatives through. But uh, 
the background, the core piece of financial markets infrastructure that I did for the first 10 years of my career was building platforms that were deployed at the liquidity providers for them to be able to trade into the markets. So companies like DRW, where they're a customer of mine previously, and now we know they have Cumberland and they're in this space. You know, these, these are great entities. And I've seen Virtue, I've seen Octava, all of these guys who are huge in financial markets having a little bit of a play in the, this space so far. We want to see them come in more. They need to see uh, the derivative space, the, the space that we started to see come through with perpetuals in a few DEXs and a few ecosystems really expand to have a full derivatives market set to come in. But the journey through to that has value all the way along it. So we can see a product market fit for people who want to be able to optimize the deployment of their assets. Now, I think we're probably going to talk more and more about this as we go through this conversation, and maybe I'll pick on them individually. But what we wanted to do was to line that roadmap up with the demand in the market and try and make sure that as we step through each of these points, that we're adding value to the ecosystem and that we're we're giving something that really enables the community to do more at each of these points, as well as building to this much bigger picture of how do we really get a scale capital to come in and deploy into this world in the way that it does in the rest of capital markets. Interesting. And I think that leads me to um, sort of, I'd say almost like the next four questions. So because on, on your website, you mentioned that there are four major problems to the current DEX landscape. And I was thinking we should go through all of uh, go through all of them, shall we? It's absolutely, absolutely. So the first hundred percent definitely. So the first one is providing liquidity is too complex. So my question would be, why do you think this is a problem, and how is VX uh, looking to solve that? So. Let, let, let's start with where this problem is and how this problem has developed. So DEX is a brilliant step forward. You know, the whole AMM concept, a brilliant step forward to take everything, make it transparent, put it out there so as everyone can see what's doing and, and democratize access to the marketplace. Absolutely fantastic. And the first part of that was these Uniswap V1 style AMM, AMM DEXs they really allowed people to come in and access that market and everyone was was equal however the downside was that the amount of assets that had to be deployed for you to get your yield to get a return on those assets was getting higher and higher into those really liquid pools so you see this evolution coming on and the evolution that we saw was the uniswap v3 concentrated liquidity approach which i think is the basic template for how these things have to work to balance uh, on-chain scalability with uh, having enough reward for the liquidity that you're doing because it's a, quite a cost to deploying it. What that did, however, is it pushed the complexity of managing my liquidity up significantly. So I you know people all over the world who uh, have been through the journey since 2017 uh, trying to take these alternative assets and put them to work on different yield pl platforms or DEXs. And over the last year, since Uniswap V3 came out, it came out in coordination with a reduction in price value of the core of these assets. But we've seen this big liquidity change. It's moved away from these uh, passive investors, the, the, the you and I of the marketplace, to a very professional market maker setup. Now, what we know that we need to do is we need to enable every the everyman 
to be able to come back in and for him, her, whoever they are to come in and make sure that they can put their assets to work within these protocols on an equivalent level to the market makers. So we really are trying to give multiple ways to access this. So our whole goal with making liquidity easier to manage is to put a liquidity management interface in there. So you can say, right, these are my assets. How should I deploy them? And it does the deployment for you. And then it keeps them in the right ranges for you. Now, that's not in the V1 stuff that we're pushing out into the marketplace and the testnet, which is just, uh, we've just pushed the dates out. It's going live next week. It's that's all down the line stuff that's coming out and it all relies on these pools to be in place. But even at the beginning, we're bringing these uh, concepts in which we call variable fees. And the reason that we're bringing variable fees into there is to keep the focus on a single pair. So as the fee is set at the point of the liquidity being contributed rather than at the point where the pool is created. So you don't have separate pools for separate fee levels. You have one pool with all the fee levels in it and the swapper doesn't have to think about it. All of these toolings reduce the complexity. I think our goal here is that when somebody comes to the website and has a look at it and says, okay, how do I manage my liquidity into these pools that they've got a really easy journey through that? And when enabling all of these passive holders of crypto to come and partake in that market again, as they did in the Uniswap V1, but with the reward levels more like they are in the concentrated liquidity scenarios. So that's the complexity problem we're solving. Interesting. Very interesting. So the second one you mentioned on the website is price discovery is too complex. I'm not sure if this touches upon what you just said, but I think it's very interesting because price discovery is usually you know, a very normal thing in all financial markets. Um, why do you think this is a problem and, and what's your solution for it? So I, I think that comes back to who, who is our target market? Who are the people who are most likely to come into the near ecosystem who are close by? And they're people who are probably trading right now on Binance, on Coinbase, on Kraken, uh, on Huobi, and on gate and they they will want to be able to trade these other assets but when you first come in and you look at a dex and you look at the marketplace on a dex and you say okay how does this swap work it doesn't look like what you're familiar with it's got a different way of representing data it's got some relatively straightforward wizards that step people through trading but it doesn't have that huge huge sense of familiarity that that they get we want to bring that sense of familiarity back. So we want to make it look and feel like an order book, even though it's an AMM DEX underneath. Because I, as a trader, as a, somebody doing a swap, I care entirely about the market impact of what I'm doing. And I care to look at history and I want to look at a chart. I want to have these familiar views. I want it to feel like everything else I've traded everywhere else. I don't want to have to learn a new set of rules. And as a community, that's what we need to do to make sure that we are bringing people across and into this ecosystem, we need to give them a really easy on-ramp to come and trade inside the near ecosystem. So that's what we're focused on with this. Interesting as well. Like, I really like your very thorough uh, way of answering, James. Definitely tell you, you've spent your fair amount of time um, in this industry. It's a true pleasure. So 
The third question would be bringing true, true margin trading to DeFi. So to my understanding, there are no DEXs, uh, not order book DEXs out there in the market that allows users to long short on crypto assets. So how will VX uh, make the impossible possible? Ah, that's the real trick. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this, I think there's a, a little bit of, of history. So I think the work that's being done in perps at the moment is really good, but it is the, the place where perpetuals are used in financial markets is really in the spread betting world. And they tend to lean on other assets because they're not super capital efficient, but they're a, a nice step forward and a nice way forward. So we've seen a few of these perps platforms being built and if people care to go through my LinkedIn profile they'll see the patterns I wrote and then abandoned on perps way back in time however what we want to do is bring the rest of the derivative market set this is something that I think it's not broadly well understood by the market as a whole uh, what futures and options are and how they differentiate from perps so I think I'll focus on the outcome of having those in there and what they mean, and then talk a little bit about what it takes to get to get us on that path. So they are significantly more capital efficient for laying off risk. So it, if I'm somebody huge, pick a huge great Fidelity or BlackRock or whoever, I'm not, not trying to pick on one name, but one of the, these sorts of guys, Aberdeen or Standard Life, and they want to come in and they want to get involved in projects that happen to be on near or happen to be on crypto in, in, in general as a as a utility token and they want to buy these assets and hold them they what they need is hedging tools they need tools where they can say well this a big piece of the correlation here is uh, ethereum exposure or near exposure or uh, aspects of the market that they can go and lay risk off and they don't want to lay off risk with a significant capital cost. So they will use options or they will use derivatives to do it. And lots of groups do this. So private family offices do a ton of this. All of the people that we want to attract money from to act as seed funding to get these businesses going in the beginning to really build out these ecosystems, but they want their stuff. And I see it around the marketplace. I see so much appetite to trade, which is why perps have been so successful because people want this sort of leverage. The leverage from futures and options is just magnitudes better than the leverage from perps. So you get so much more effect. However, the complexity is the, the trade-off with this. So what do we do? Well, this all comes about with collateral management. So this is where NIA really adds so much value as an ecosystem. And the, the reason that we're not building on something like Ethereum, because we have to do these more complex transactions. We have to be sensitive to gas costs. We need robust and secure mechanisms with a modern, flexible Rust architecture to do it. And we need to be able to build this out stuff and test it for integrity very, very well. So NIA is absolutely suitable for doing this all on chain. So that's one of the reasons why, why we're here. But we get that right. We, we build out a collateral management system that allows people to then go and trade all these different linked features and options in markets that we'll have using that collateral management token. And we will get risk portfolios that look like a it's a we call it a portfolio risk so there are buzzwords in financial markets things like value at risk and we can talk about risk waterfalls and all those these different things but they will give a huge huge boost to that liquidity and on that path 
we have to build things like auctions. So we then build auctions to allow a price determination. But if I'm a small project and I want to get some good price determination on what's going on in my project, running an auction once a week is a much more cost-effective way of doing it than running a 24-7 book where I have to put a lot of liquidity on there. So we'll see this split between different groups and different tools that they want to utilize based on where they are in their life cycle, uh, what their customer base looks like. They need this full tool set to be able to operate with. It's, it's part of making this a thriving community and not just trying to build something that capitalizes on the immediate intent of people. So, yeah, I, I think this is a, a game changer. And for myself, this is what I've been doing for the last 20 years, is building these systems in other markets. So I'm really, really clear on where we are. And we've got a, a crazy good team that really understands this stuff uh, and can help us deliver this uh, amongst our developers. So I guess just a quick question to that. Like, how is it seeing that come to life in a new developing industry? Like, I imagine with your experience, having seen how the financial markets have developed over the yeah, over the decades, over the couple of, last couple of years, right? Like, how is it to see a product like this start to shape and bring about a a new narrative? I, I could imagine it was quite exciting, but I'll, I'll let you to it. Now, I, yeah, I, so I've seen it so many times, uh, building them in freight forwards and iron ore and uh, things like oleum, which is palm oil and tin, and, and just... Uh, building out the first gas trading platforms in Austria, lots and lots of these things over the years. It's, I think here it's about bringing the whole community together. So conversations with the option market makers, people who can understand price and value that risk in the right way. The idea that we're not going to try to be so capitally efficient that everything is perfect up front because we know we'll be better than the perps. So it will drive value, but we don't want to put all that risk out there. It, this, this is all the stuff that FTX was trying to do behind closed doors where nobody could really see how their risk waterfalls or their margining or anything was working. We're going to do this on chain where everyone can see it, where everything is transparent, where we the, the rule set controls it, not us, and build that out through that process. There's a ton of work this year to build collateral. We need to build this market around us on the way. So we've got to have all the spots trading all going on effectively for the derivatives to even make sense. So this is why we want to come out, add value immediately to the community, show them how much better it's going to be here, show them how good the tooling is, and then take them with us on this journey and make sure that those are coming in and holding aspects of our token are like, okay, I can see that I want to hold on to this stuff and I want to build up value and knowledge and exposure in this tool set for the long term. And when you talk about community, just to be clear, the testnet is live or is going live next week. How is it with that? And what are your what are your plans for for the main net? And how would you like see the community like get get to participate in all of this? Okay, so, it, it, so the the testnet internally, uh, we we know we're we're good, so we are. Uh, pushing that live next week and all of the announcements are out there in our channel so you can go and see all that coming out there so we've we've given our data now that we're, we're putting that live so that test net will then form the basis for our plan for go live for mainnet uh, we've not put a mainnet date date out there but it's the same that 
thing that everybody else is having. It's it's let's uh, get some momentum, get some feedback, uh, run through the process with our security partners. Now we put it in testnet to make sure that uh, everything's secure and everything's good for everybody. Get all of that published. And that's like a four to six week process. And our marketing team will jump in and give you a whole bunch of information over the course of this testnet period. But I think you pick up on uh, something really important in that, which is uh, that we need to make sure that there's some sort of reward for loyalty, uh, that we, we have a, a program. So we, we're working and developing. We've got a number of different concepts and we're literally within the next week or two coming out as we see engagement in the testnet we start to see where the direction of this is and that shaping we need to put incentives in for different forms of feedback and information we will make sure that people are rewarded for loyalty that those that come back and give us information interact with us in the right way and uh, are testing everything out and putting it back out there positively positively we will have something in place that allows them to earn and get value and be part of driving this forward and that we start to have that community not just as a community that we feel as our customers but as our partners but as people who are on this journey with us of trying to make sure that we've got that right system that can grow the whole marketplace and that they're getting their rewards in the right way i think that sounds just like the right way to do it and i'm really looking forward to how you're going to um how successful you're going to be with these efforts because i definitely think that you're bringing a product to the near ecosystem, uh, which is truly um, the next chapter, right? which is truly what this chain is positioned for. So we're really happy to see this kind of innovation and take place on the, on the near protocol. So um, that leads me to the final problem um, out of the force that you have um, identified on your website. So um, it goes like this. Incentive models to encourage liquidity provision poorly developed. So this one is actually quite easy to understand. Order book dexes um, usually offer no rewards or poor sustainability of rewards. They rely heavily on market makers. And AMMs often offers poor incentives for liquidity providers of token with low liquidity. So how is VX um, looking at this issue or problem, let's say? So... I, I think that's that's where we want to talk about broad tooling and capability. So the liquidity provision happens in multiple different ways. And we, we touched on some of it, and I'll talk a little bit more in a moment just about that liquidity management uh, and how deeply that can go. But this is all about building out tooling. This is, if I'm a project that doesn't have a reason to run a 24-7 AMM, I should be able to run an auction book. And that auction book, I I find it hard with a background in commodities to to fathom why that hasn't become an adopted model in this marketplace already. Like, why would there not be regular auctions run on the illiquid tokens rather than having 24-7 marketplaces? And that's the sort of tooling that really changes uh, how people are going to get their their liquidity into the marketplaces. But then the incentive models around them need to be embedded. So if I come to the exchange, and this is and this is not day one stuff, but if I come to the exchange as a project, I need to be able to say, right, how do I get 
a program going where I can market this? How do I build out a, a, a platform where I can have rewards for people coming in and be able to automate that on? There shouldn't be these barriers to entry. It shouldn't have uh, this huge cost for somebody to list their project to get on. Instead, it should be, how do I work col collaboratively, collaboratively with the platform to get that out? So we have quite a lot of our tokens set aside to run all these projects and we really want to build out uh, those platforms. I don't think those can be done on order book DEXs particularly effectively. I think the the order book DEXs, we're seeing some of them come out and I, I, I want to see as many different solutions to the problem, but I think we're already at the point where we know that AMMs based on concentrated liquidity as the key component at the bottom of this architecture are the right way forward to balance those things. And this is all about how do I manage liquidity into those in the right way? How do I present them in the right way? How do I build out reward systems around them in the right way? So that gives us a much more rounded ecosystem. So therefore, strip all of the rest of that back, come back to the pure tokenomics of this. We're going to give a big, big number of this. Now we, the DAO can change this later in the time. Uh, if it wants to, because this is a properly decentralized project, but we're going to give a really big chunk, initially 83% of that fee goes back to the liquidity providers to really incentivize them to be in it, to not not strip that fee back out for all sorts of different liquid complex and often impractical liquidity mining aspects. This really is making sure people are rewarded for putting their tokens up on the on the platform. Uh, I must say, I can't wait to start using VX once the DEX drops and goes, goes live. I think that um, this is truly something that's going to change the narrative of how it's done today. And I think it's just a matter of time before um, the rest of the world realizes what's being built um, on Nier, to be honest. So um, I'd like to ask you also, you, know, you mentioned that there would be a liquidity management function that once users provide liquidity, their liquidity would be managed or rebalanced automatically so they can be passive. Um, can you shed some light on how this works? Um, it is, it's, Absolutely. Yeah, it's similar to some kind of like delta neutral, delta neutral vaults that we're seeing on rage trade, rage trade, sorry, or GMD. Uh, so it's all of that uh, and more. So let me, I think this is, this is the place where over time we may find better ways of describing this because it's the first time it's been tried in this form on a chain, but this is absolutely central. So I, to step back and sort of feel where the architecture is, the core platform has these exchange pools at the bottom that have these variable fee components. And these are, these are pair pools that allow people, can you still hear me? Yes, I can still Sorry. hear you. Yeah, I had some strange, I had some strange noises on my. Uh, these these pebbles at the bottom that allow the matching uh, of tokens, and that's the core infrastructure. So the question then is, how does a liquidity provider bring their liquidity into those pebbles? If I'm a professional market maker, you know, with a team of five people sat around an office with a huge number of screens doing my analytics, then I go directly in. And directly in is 
accessible for everyone because this is a democratic system. So everyone can always go directly in. However, that doesn't solve the complexity problem. How is this complexity problem solved across the rest of the world? Well, we have this industry called funds management. So if I'm if I put my money into a pension, I don't manage the deployment of that myself. There's a funds manager that does it. If I go and put my money, my uh, assets onto a mutual fund, they would do it. Hedge funds do this for high net worth individuals. This basic concept is there is a, man a layer in between which manages the liquidity. So you take your assets and you put them into a liquidity management layer and that liquidity management layer then puts them into the pairs for you. Now, initially, the way in which they will do that will be a very straightforward algorithm, a deterministic algorithm, so therefore a heuristic, but which will make the determination as to what the best distribution is. Looking at things like uh, optimizing for short-term performance versus some risk threshold. And that will do the distribution. It will put them into the most liquid ranges, keep them in those liquid ranges and move them forward. We don't pretend that we are forever going to have the best solution for that. So as we bring this platform out, we will be looking to the community to be able to build better and better algorithms and to take a share of the earnings that those funds make for those algorithms. So if you're somebody who develops a great algorithm for this, uh, gets it tested and puts it out there in the marketplace, anyone will be able to use that. And then you know, that person will be able to reap the rewards uh, of the community doing well off the back of it. And from that perspective, we will then build up this fund management layer. And so you'll be able to see people can start pools and you'll be able to join them or you'll be able to start a pool and make it private. And the pool will use a particular algorithm for the, for the length of that. And the pool may decide to shut down and it can have up to 16 assets in it. And then we, we can we already see in the future that there may be some sort of yield farming capability where if I show up with a, say, a bunch of USDC or a bunch of near tokens and I want to know which of these many different pools that are set up, I should put those into to maximize and offer them up to one of those pools so as they can deploy more assets, that yield farmer should be able to do that calculation for you and say, well, that, that's the one that's most short near token. If you push them in there, you'll get the best return over the last few weeks based on the previous performance. So we'll build out all of that infrastructure, keep it really simple initially with just a couple of simple rules to follow, and they will already give you a better return than you would have if you were just letting your assets sit and then move outside of the range. So just some simple algorithms at the beginning, but then really building that out so as people are able to optimize their asset deployment and manage their portfolio through this platform in the right way the everything continues to be democratic if you just want to jump into a pool and put something into a range absolutely always do that but you will have the option to be able to do that and then just say okay i'll check it in a week as you would with any other fund hopefully i've explained that clearly you very well did and i'd say that it, it i'm impressed by the way that vx is focused on the on the end user and the community um, by also providing these very capsule efficient tools. Um, I'm, I'm very excited to see how, um, how this is going to, how this is going to perform. I, I must say I'm pretty, I'm pretty bullish to be honest. And uh, just to a friendly reminder to the crowd that obviously all, 
everything we're talking about is not financial advice. You should always do your own research. Um, so, so I think that leads me to 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 um, my last question, uh, James, and then we could do like um, a little Q and A afterwards if anyone in the in in the audience um, wants to uh, ask a few questions about VX. So, so here goes. You know, uh, so VX is is basically an AMM Dex that offers everything from an order book experience to liquidity, liquidity management and margin trading slash derivatives. It would be huge, you know, if all these features were live at, at the same time. So um, my question is, how does your roadmap look? Will all of these functions be available on VX upon launch or which functions will be live immediately after launch? I, I would love everything to be live at launch, but uh, unfortunately that's not the way of any of this. So what we're coming out with is the price ranges, the concentrated liquidity, uh, a lot of the look and feel pieces are there and that will all, that's coming live at the beginning. We're going to follow that up as quickly as we can, which will probably be some point in early Q2 and I'm giving myself some space, but uh, with some of the liquidity management features. Uh, and then towards the back of the year, we'll bring some derivatives platform stuff in. And that's when we want to try to get all the derivatives and the futures and the options in and operating. And I'm giving myself some space. You might see some. James, do you hear me? Hello? I'm not sure if I lost connection for a moment. Are you there, James? Hello, James. Hello, sorry. I think something tried to dial in. Over. I'm not sure if I, I think my connection just glitched for a second. Um, would it be possible for you to repeat uh, what you said and then we can uh, go on to the Q&A? I, I, so I think hopefully most of my roadmap yeah. stuff is out there. So I w won't go through all of the roadmap pieces again because we're going to publish it. We're going to have more information. We're going to give give more going on. Uh, I think I saw Marie Ping say she's available to jump in as well if, if we want to. She can. She's welcome to come in on it. Uh, so I won't go through some of that again. I think I'm happy to to take some Q and A. And if uh, I think that's what Marie. Are you there, Peter?
Okay, I can't, I can't see any Q and A, and I'm not in control of. Yeah, I am here, James. I'm not sure why um, I can't get the audio right, but I think we should go on to the um, Q and A. So, if anyone wants to ask any questions, please um, raise your hand, and we can get you to the stage. Hey guys, I think um, I think Peter is working for a second, so I'll take over for a bit. Um, sure. Peter, if yeah, if you can make me co-host, um, if you can hear this, then I'll invite some people to the stage and we can wrap this up. Okay. So if anyone has any questions for James, please request, and I will. If it makes me co-host, yeah. Let's see. Okay. Um, we'll work nice to the request. Hello, am I am I am I audible enough? Am I am I audible enough? Yeah, yeah, you're you're audible. Do you have a question yeah, yeah, for James yeah. or yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, you, you know, you've spoken uh, a lot about this project, and uh, what what I can say is uh, it's quite fascinating. You know, I've uh, I've spent a lot about the project, and you know. Uh, uh, one thing I really want to know, you know, you know, this is in the first, this is uh, the first quarter of the year 2023, and a lot is really happening at the moment. You know, people trying, you know, struggling, you know, to bring projects out into the down to the web three space, you know, and to get perfect engagement for their projects. I, I want to know, like, what, you know, what, you know, what are you really looking towards to uh, during the fourth quarter of the year 2023, and you know, how uh, how best, like, what is the best strategy, you know? Have you used to power? Are you using you know, to bring up down the energy that to raise? Yeah, that's a great question. James, do you have a response to that? I, 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 I do. So I think uh, I, I caught most of it, not all of the questions. So I think I'll, I'll answer as much as I can and, uh, and then, then we'll move on. But I, I, so I think for us, the core focus for the first quarter of this year is delivering this into the mainnet, getting this live getting the messages out there across the community, uh, getting adoption from some of the key projects, getting the partners working with us in the right way around this, uh, and making sure that this becomes the go-to place in the near ecosystem for li liquidity, liquidity management. Uh, and we start to build that community and build that momentum to really drive uh, attention onto near with uh, people going, well, if you if you heard heard about Nier? Have you seen this Dex on Nier? This is something different. This is something special. So that's our focus for this year. And I think from trying to find the right projects to work with, we're trying to reach out to larger projects. We're happy to hear from other other projects. Uh, there are Telegram groups, and that's the best way to sort of come into us is to reach into our Telegram group and there and start the conversations from there. Perfect. And um, do you just mind reiterating then sort of what sets things uh, apart from the other DEXs on here at the moment? Just because I think a lot of people in our audience would be interested in hearing that if they missed it. Sorry, uh, what, what's something about the other DEXs? Your... No, that, that sets the big te technology apart 
as a concentrated liquidity owner. <laughs> so, you, you just even from day one, the first thing we're coming in, which is the variable fee stuff, uh, it makes such a difference. If you think about one of the problems that we've seen across other decks is, uh, is when the volatility changes in an instrument, the fee level that should be used no longer becomes correct. Uh, and people have to pull their liquidity out and put it into a different marketplace to keep it going. And this, this splits the liquidity, it fragments it. And from a swapper, you don't really want to care from a swapping perspective how you're going to route that. You just want to, you want to do the swap at the best rate and you want the decks to take care of that for you. So by giving variable rates, we allow the market makers to set the rate that's appropriate to the volatility at that point in time. And we give a really clean, easy route through for a swapper to hit the best price that they can and just get their trade done. So that's day one, first thing, big difference. And then if you just feel the platform, how together and polished and capable everything else is going to be around it and know that there's more and more tooling just going to come in dropping 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 throughout this year from a team that is significantly bigger in size than the majority of the dexes that are out there that's where we're going to hit it and i i think there's some other guys with some great ideas and they're doing things and they're in a niche and they're farming that niche and they're doing really well for the people in it this, we want to be the everyman, the big community decks that everyone just goes to and says, okay, this has got all of the tooling. This is where I start. Perfect. Thank you very much. I hope that answers your question. Um, next, we have James. James, good to see you. Um, glad you're here. Do you have any questions? Yeah. Sorry if it was covered earlier, but I'm wondering what you think about privacy and its role for your decks. Like, How are you imagining leveraging something like Calamero on near, which is kind of newer. I'm excited about it. Just wondering what you think. It's a very, very interesting concept because we, we don't know which way regulation goes around the marketplaces. And I've seen uh, lots of the privacy efforts. You know, it's some really, really good work from a technology perspective in privacy and other coins in the years go by get overlooked because it doesn't satisfy some of the, the grander scheme stuff. So, this is going to be a deck, so it's decentralized by its very nature. And we're not going to be long-term in charge of the rules. So we're going to be heavily involved and we'll have a big say because we'll have quite a number of tokens. But we don't get to control it. So if tokens that have privacy associated with them come through, that's good. Whilst, whilst we have a move towards that DAO and whilst we have a front-end, I don't think the front-end piece is going to be able to be super supportive of the privacy tokens because of the liabilities it causes. As we go forward, and as that becomes more and more decentralized, this gets accepted by the DEXs and rolls out, and all the protocols underneath, they can do whatever they like on the protocol side, because we're not in control of that. Once it's out there, it can be used. And that's the point of decentralized protocols. It's the front ends are this weird hybrids owned by the DAO, controlled by the DAO, and they set the requirements for them, but somewhere they are hosted in an individual point. So you get that mix between the two. So I'm a big fan of some of the privacy work in there, but I also have just watched a whole bunch of major projects which were semi-transparent, uh, not really holding stuff in the light, go down and seeing all the regulated entities stay up. So there's a real double-edged sword to it. So hopefully 
we'll walk that line by enabling people to take the protocol where they want at the same time as supporting all of the stuff that we know we can support fully and in the light. Perfect. So for those who don't, who don't know, um, Calamara is a private charted uh, solution for a protocol and they recently raised um, 8.4 million rounds, which is very impressive. Um, James, does this answer your question? Yeah, thank you very much. Perfect. Okay. Well, Peter, um, you can apparently, apparently Peter can hear everyone except for um, James D. I, now we have a different James <laughs> on top. But um, Peter, um, is there anything else you, you'd want to discuss or um, talk about? I see we're nearing the end of the hour. No more questions from my end. Um, just wanted to make sure that we we got everything clear. Yeah, and it's weird. I can't hear James from BX. All of a sudden, it's gone. But um, I think just to round this off, wanted to say thank you so much for coming on, James. Um, thank you so much for introducing BX. Uh, really excited to follow your progress um, for the rest of the year. And we hope that you will achieve all the things you set out to do, because I think that will truly shine a good light on the new protocol. And um, I think 2023 definitely is the year to be building. So we're going to follow your progress closely and um, look forward to more interesting talks like this. Thank you so much I, for coming, James. I, I think, I don't know if you can hear me now, Peter, or not. I, I think it, just want to make sure that we, we're talking about that there's so many projects around us that we're engaged with at the moment uh, that we're trying to do a lot of work out there in the community to bring those in. We're getting some great feedback from those guys, and I think they're really, really important to us. It's, it's great to hear how supportive they've been. Hopefully, we'll be able to come out and talk about who's going to be working with us and what we're going to do over the next, the next few weeks. Great. I, I'm not sure if Peter can hear you, so I just want to say thanks for your response and uh, thanks for coming in. And I hope everyone has a lovely weekend. Thank you very much. Have a good evening, everyone. Good evening.